Hi, my name's Adam, and this is the Foster Adoption Podcast, a resource for people who are interested in growing their family by adopting children from foster care. Hello there. I am so sorry for the delay. It's been far too long since the last podcast. But part of the reason that it's taken so long is that we have now finalized the adoption. Yay! Everything is done. Done, 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 which is very exciting. And we certainly learned a lot in the process. And we're looking forward to sharing that in a future episode. But for now, I will return to where we left off last time. If you recall, the boys had moved in. They were here now full-time, and we couldn't have been more excited. Day one of them living here was magical, and day two was pretty great, too. But they were both sick with a bad cold. Having two small children with colds sounds pretty straightforward, but in our unique situation, it became the first symbol of our new bureaucratic lives. We were not allowed to administer any medicine to the boys until we had a form filled out by a doctor that listed all over-the-counter medicine that they were allowed to have. This includes kids' cough medicine. It includes children's Tylenol. It includes their little vitamin C gummies. No medicine at all without this form. The boys moved in on a Saturday. They got sick on Sunday. Monday was a holiday, so our doctor's appointment was on Tuesday, which means we needed to make it for two whole days without giving any medicine. It was very frustrating. We had built ourselves to them as the people who are going to keep them safe and protected and healthy. And for our first real opportunity to provide real deal nurturing, we weren't able to do the most basic thing. So we did a lot of warm water with honey and lemon. And when they asked for cough medicine at night, we put honey on a spoon to hopefully calm their coughs. They thought medicine was the best tasting thing in the world. So Tuesday rolled around. And we were first introduced to the many things that were going to be a mainstay in our lives now. First thing in the morning, we went to the doctor's office. In our county, we were legally required to take them to the doctor and dentist within seven days of placement. But we would have had to go anyway to get this uh, over-the-counter medicine form completed. All foster children have medical insurance. We live in California, so the boys have Medi-Cal. We were able to get their Medi-Cal cards from the foster family, so we felt all cool and ahead of the game. We go in and we give them the insurance cards, and apparently when the children are placed in a different home, they are issued different insurance cards, and the other ones are null and void, because of course they are. So the very helpful doctor receptionist was super helpful and was trying to call Medi-Cal to try and get the new numbers. And Matt tried calling our county social worker or CSW as I'll refer to her to get the information. We had never interacted with our CSW before. We only had one email from her to let us know when she would be visiting for the first time. Matt tried calling her on Every phone, emailing her, texting her, calling our adoption worker, our agency worker, and pretty much anyone else who would listen, we never got anywhere. So we convinced the doctor's office that we would pay for the first doctor's visit if the insurance didn't come through because we needed to get this form done. 
I'm glad we did because it turned out that our older boy had an ear infection and needed antibiotics. We eventually got all of the insurance worked out. It just took longer than it should have, which is a good rule of thumb for how to approach any issue in the foster care world. Go in knowing that it's going to take longer than it should. So later that day, our CSW came over for her first visit. The county worker is required to see the children at least once per month. We had read everything we could about the county workers before him, and we knew going in that it had the potential to be a frustrating experience at times. In that first day, though, I didn't realize how frustrating it would be. She showed up, and she was ridiculously nice, and she was just wonderful and kind and great and completely frustrating all at the same time. I was going on family medical leave from work, and I needed our official placement form in order to get that process started. For the prior month, we had been asking for it, and they said it, that it isn't anything that can be administered prior to the placement. So we were very excited for this day because we needed this form for my work, for both of the boys' schools, and to carry around in our cars so we had legal proof of our relationship to the boys. It seemed like it was a very, very, very important document. The CSW did not have it. She didn't have most of the paperwork we needed. What she did have had the boys' names spelled wrong and had a lot of errant information on it that needed to be redone. We explained all of the reasons why this paperwork was so important to us, and she was unmoved. It took weeks for us to receive it all. This was our first lesson in where we stood with the CSW. Basically, anything that we asked about and needed was extremely low on her priority list. It was very frustrating, but I tried to be understanding and empathetic because it made sense. Over the past year, every time she tells us a story from a different case she has, we were reminded that she has over 30 kids on her caseload, and for some of them, she's trying to get them into a safe and stable home, and for some of them, she's dealing with really urgent and vital life situations. So we could intellectually understand why we were low on the priority list. It just, it took two weeks before we ended up getting the paperwork that we needed that proved our relationship to them. It was very bizarre. In that first meeting with the CSW, we also got to see the boys interact with her. They were completely different human beings. And it was really telling into how much they've been through. Our CSW was the person who had initially detained them. So we completely understood why they were so quiet and pensive around her. This mood really translated to any official person who came to visit them. They would just shut down all around them, which was frustrating because we knew they were happy and smiling, gregarious kids. And when people came over to ask them how they were doing, they could barely get out two words. With time and repeated visits, this largely subsided, but it definitely taught us that these visits were something we needed to prepare for. After our CSW left, our agency worker came to meet the boys for the first time. She would be visiting once a week, which I'm sure is cumbersome for some people, but we absolutely loved having the weekly check-in. So in that first official business day of our placement, we had doctor's appointments and two social worker visits and a lot of new stuff for all of us to deal with. It was exhausting for all four of us, but we knew it was just the beginning because our older boy started school the next day. Now, starting in the middle of the year at a new kindergarten sounds so daunting to me, but our older boy handled it like a champ. He was excited and super chill about the whole thing. 
it made us think back to foster parent training where they talked about how these children have different clocks. They may be behind on some things like academics, but they are way ahead on some aspects of maturity and emotions. This was very evident. There are many things that sound scary to me that the boys have absolutely no fear about. I think it's because when you deal with some real deal scary stuff in life, things like starting a new school are a piece of cake. We were really intrigued to see how our younger child would handle things. He didn't start daycare for two more days, so we wanted to see what it would be like with them apart from each other because we hadn't really experienced that yet. It was just fine. He enjoyed having some time to himself, and we loved having some one-on-one time with him. After the first day of school, we got a positive report uh, uh, from him and, and his teachers, so we celebrated with a trip to the dentist. Yay! <laughs> the boy's lack of fear did not extend to the dentist chair. Their teeth were severely neglected in the first part of their life, so they had substantial dental work done already. So they were understandably were trepidatious about going to the dentist. It was great for the potting process, though, because it was easy for us to bond with the boys when we were taking them to a fun place or doing something that made them very happy. But this was a great opportunity for us to bond in a dark moment for them. I will never forget holding the older one's hand and helping them try to be brave. My dear friend Kelly, who fosters refugee children, had given me an amazing line for when things got bad. She said that she tells her kids, it's okay, you don't need to be brave. I'll be brave for you. I loved that so much, and the boys loved that line also. Everything ended up going easy at the dentist, so we made it through another big day on this first week. Thursday. The next day after the older boys' school, we went back to the doctor. Medi-Cal was all settled now so we could get their complete checkups done. I already felt bad because they had been through so much this week, but we were legally required to get them to the doctor for a full checkup this week, and we knew it was going to be intense because of the immunizations. We received, we received the immunization cards from the foster parents, and we were so, so confused because the older boy was basically up to date on all shots, but the younger one had only received one TB shot and nothing else. It was completely empty. He was three years old. What's funny is that the older boy had enough shot experience to know that he didn't like it. He just needed one shot, and he was not happy, and it was not a pleasant experience. We separated the boys into different rooms because the older boy was so loud in his displeasure for the shot. Matt was with him, and all I heard was yelling and crying, and I was terrified because if that was his reaction, what would the younger one be like with six shots? He desperately needed to start catching up, and we needed to demonstrate immunization progress to his daycare when he started the following day. So they had me hold him in my lap so they could do three in each leg. It was hilarious. He had no idea what was going on, and I had him look at a Ninja Turtle doll, and then he, they rapidly did all six shots, and after they were done, he stopped looking at the Ninja Turtle, and he muttered a little, Ow! <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was so relieved. He was perfectly fine afterwards. The next day, the younger one started daycare. I read so many books that zeroed in on strategies to drop off children at daycare. We were ready for a big scene. But he did so well, and he was really great about the whole thing. 
Both boys had great days at school, and afterward they were ready for whatever appointment we needed to go to. But we didn't have anything, so we just went to the park to have fun. We had all made it through that crazy first week of social workers, medical appointments, first days of school, loads and loads of paperwork, and new territory to navigate. It was one of the craziest weeks of our lives, and we made it through unscathed. Our boys were amazing, and they handled everything beautifully. But the intensities were just beginning, though. Please be sure to look out for the next episode. It will be all about birth parent visits and birth parent contact. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you very much for all of the messages, blog, and Facebook comments, and especially for the reviews on iTunes. That helps more prospective foster parents be able to find the podcast, so we really appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you.